Yo, Kev. <laughs> Speaking of, I just, because uh, we we uh, just posted a few episodes up on BTSN. I saw your new microphone, I think, for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the new mic. On the silver screen. Yes. Yes. It's fancy. What kind of mic is that? I do not know off the top of my head. <laughs> you're, you're asking a question when I do not have the box near me. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even remember which one I bought, but it's oh, okay. It's, it's dope. <laughs> Good job. I should totally have an answer to that question, but I was like, please don't ask. No, me the crazy. The crazy thing is that also I realized that because we've mentioned this before, but when we record, mm-hmm. we are recording. Obviously, we are recording in separate locations. But it's not like Zoom. We are not doing something where I can see you and you can see me right. while we're recording. Which is important to know. But I feel note. like yeah. it's very important to note. But I also feel like it's we do a good job of, I think, sort of looking like we see each other. Yes. I think it's mostly because we know each other so well. Yeah. yeah. So, so I know the stupid look that's on your face when I say something <laughs> dumb and vice versa. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. I also I was like, very I was very sad to see those red flowers gone though. Where wherever they went, you know. The red flowers. Well, I'll tell you this much. The uh the more important thing is making sure that while you're talking, I'm actually looking at the camera. Because Oh yes. Yeah. No, no, no. That, yeah. I get it. Because it's it's like I I totally want to like read forward sometimes and be like, okay. Kev got this part. Let me keep reading. But and I know that it'll <laughs> it'll throw off the whole thing. So this is a whole production. It's a it's a thing, y'all. We working like this is actual work. Well, I mean, let's be honest. When when I'm talking, no one's looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I I consider you the star of the show. Like I actually, I'm like ready for you to take over like the uh, article reading and and things of that nature as well. <laughs> I see what you're doing. It's not going to work. <laughs> I I appreciate the effort, <laughs> but it it's not going to work. I don't think you would make the sixteen nineteen uh, mistake that I made. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that you would be more on point. <laughs> oh, the nineteen eighteen project, the nineteen fifty seven. One of those times. <laughs> that, boy, that they are not messing around. Ooh. They are seriously upset with that. After that episode, like even more stuff came out. I was like, Good lord, y'all are upset. I'm really upset right now. This is a lot. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> That's why you got to do all the reading. <laughs> Sad. Oh. <laughs> Yo, Kev, so you was doing some queuing today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> doing some queuing. <laughs> nice. Nice. It was. Oh, uh, was this a, in celebration of the earthquake yesterday, or did y'all feel that? Or? Oh my god! How'd that go? <laughs> you, it doesn't matter. This is the thing. No matter how long you've lived here, or live here, and and I, you know, I think there are a lot of people who have, you know, our age who have moved here from other areas, right? So sure. you know, it's it's still a little bit new to them. But sure. trust me, everybody, it doesn't matter how long you've lived here. No, when it hits. You know, either either you're asleep, which was the case for a lot of people last night, in which case you, you you might not even wake up, but that's not a function of how long you've been here. Right. If you wake up or if you were like me and you're standing in the kitchen thinking you are this completely got your life together because you are filling the coffee pot up in preparation for 
the next morning. Right. So whenever I do that, I really feel like I'm accomplishing big <laughs> adult-sized things. The level of preparedness. It do, it, yeah, it does not happen very often, but but um, I'm proud yeah, I'm Kevin. very much feeling myself. So I'm standing there in the kitchen doing that, and it does not matter how many of these things you've been through. That thing hits, and it's like boom. There's at first, it's confusion. It's utter confusion, right? Yeah. Yeah. No matter how many times you felt it, it's utter. And then all of a sudden, it's shock and panic. But it's not shock and panic like if you see a crowd come of people running at you in you know when we used to be able to go outside. Well, you know <laughs> if you're smart, you're either dumb and you run toward the crowd, or you're smart and you run away. Right. Right. With earthquakes, that shock comes, and I swear, it's like you get you run in place. I run in place for a little while. I, like, start. <laughs> I get a nice jog going in place, but I'm not moving anywhere because I don't exactly know where I'm going. <laughs> and, then I, and then I made a beeline to the kids' room. You know, I got it together. I made a beeline to the kids' room, not exactly knowing what I'm supposed to be doing other than keeping things from falling on her. Right. And um, by that time, it was over. So, yeah. I, but, yeah. Um, how, how, how'd you do? I So, here's what's funny. I was getting ready to watch TV on the couch or whatever, and I'm like, all right, let me go in there and grab a pillow because I'm likely going to fall asleep. So I was going to say, I'm yeah. shocked that you were still awake. Yeah. Yeah, I was awake. I Actually, I'd woken up like 30 minutes before because I did. I had initially fallen okay. asleep just napping, you're, you know? you're like, that kind of old yeah i'm that kind of old where it's like double falling asleep <laughs> moments but i was um <laughs> so i go in I, I get a pillow from from the bedroom and <laughs> i throw the pillow over to the spot on the couch where i'm gonna lay right mm-hmm. and just about the same time or the exact time that pillow lands <laughs> yeah. the first jolt happened so you can imagine <laughs> my confusion like i was like what did I just do? You know what I mean? And, right. and and then the whole house starts shaking. And like you said, it's it's the first couple of seconds, the first second or milliseconds. It's confusion. Like, what's happening? Right. And so at that point, it had gone on a little longer. Usually by the time you figure out what's happening, the earthquake's over. Right, 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 right. But this time, it was a couple of seconds longer. So at that point, I was like, hey, everybody up, everybody up. But I'm like, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just trying to make sure that everybody's awake and ready to take action. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. And by the time everybody got into the living <laughs> Whatever room, that means. where we would have all died together, uh, <laughs> the earthquake was over. <laughs> Let's have a plan so we can all die in the same location. <laughs> Basically, we would all die. So I mean, we have we have we have an earthquake kid, and we have you know water and flashlights and batteries wow. and all that. So we have everything. Good for you. But it's it's. It's like can't turn uh, your mic on, but right, you got right, that. Right. Well, but it's 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 it's. I'm gonna admit that it's it's a level of greatness matched with a level of stupidity because. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've seen the Bill Burr comedy special where he he's debating with his at the time his girlfriend about getting a gun, and <laughs> no. his girlfriend is saying like, you know, we have to make sure that the the bullets are separate from where the gun is, like for safety. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he's saying like, when an intruder comes in, what am I going to do? I'm going to run to the living room and get one piece of the gun and run to the... Well, that's how my <laughs> earthquake kit is. Like, I would have to run and to grab my earthquake kit, 
then run out to get this. And by the time all this happens, what? I live in a second story. Like the the art. Hold up. You know what I'm saying? Are you saying you have an earthquake kit much in the same way that most of us have water in the refrigerator and a blanket in the cupboard? No, 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 no. And, it's all uh, in one place. Bandages in the first aid no, kit no, no, under no. The, the bathroom sink? Everything oh, okay. is all in one place. But okay. what I realized last night while the earth is shaking <laughs> is that it's not in the most optimal place to get it and go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I'm thinking, grab the earthquake kit, right? But I got to pass my exit to go get the earthquake kit. So we moved it into a place this morning where it's like, look, we need to leave it right here. It's not aesthetically pleasing, (laughs) but it'll be in a place where we can grab it. You know what I'm saying? I'm so glad you did that because that will will just about guarantee that we don't have an earthquake (laughs) until somebody gets tired of looking at that thing sitting in the middle of your room. Right, exactly. I'll let you guys know when we move that thing out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you'll know okay be ready for another one but the other thing that we oh. also did and I, I we realized this yesterday again we, we were prepared enough but it always kind of happens in the middle of the night and you want to have some spare clothes and things of that nature so now everyone has like a grab and go at the the you know door of their room so no that's big yeah you know, that's good that's a kind of a thing with, with stuff in it but yeah we we have the stuff we need we just it was <laughs> it I have to say, like, by the time it was all over, I laid down and it took me like another 20 minutes to go to sleep because I was thinking of how prepared I thought I was, but how absolutely unprepared I was. It was, it was you know, crazy. You were doing you were doing post game for another 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, what would we have done? Like I said, we, were, we just all met up in the living room and die together, you know. <laughs> and the youngest would wake up like I could go on and on and on but I'll tell you an even better story that happened last night you ready Kev? okay alright yeah check it out Um, I'm tossing and turning on the couch I'm finally fall asleep right mm-hmm. and I feel what feels like a spider crawling on my face you know what I'm saying <laughs> so I take I'm coming out of a sleep and I think that it's a spider. When I open my eyes, I see like this, this dark figure crawling on my face. This dark thing. I take a swing, man. Bah! Pop myself right in the bridge of the nose. Daze myself. And it was like <laughs> one of my old locks. <laughs> that was out of place. Yo, I was dazed. I was literally dazed. I was, I'd hit my, dude, I, 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 I don't think I've ever been hit that hard. That's the hardest I've ever been hit. <laughs> so, yeah, there, was, there were these two events last night. The earthquake and me almost knocking myself out. Oh, my God. I can almost guarantee this episode is not going to get any better. <laughs> no, this is the, this is the highlight <laughs> that, of it. <laughs> oh, my God, yo. I couldn't believe it. Like I, I absolutely could not believe that I almost, like, I almost beat myself up. Oh boy! <laughs> oh my god! That was crazy. This is crazy. And it, yeah, I it had to be. There had to be like a, a lot of actual fear from the earthquake in me as well, still, because I was very reactive. But yeah, <laughs> that was my night, Kev. That was last night.
early this morning. Oh, have you made a full recovery? I have. I have. I'm fortunate that I didn't bruise anything as hard as I hit myself. <laughs> we'll uh, see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm on camera now. I don't see any marks or scars, so I think I'm okay. <laughs> Today was hair washing day, so I, I also would have noticed. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> to look at myself in the mirror quite a bit so yeah there's that oh my goodness but word man I oh. know. <laughs> all right well i think that's about it for this <laughs> yeah, episode just said, i think that was i think that was an, an appropriate amount of uh hilarity <laughs> i think we're good <laughs> uh, we're gonna see y'all on the other side man you ready kev <laughs> yep <laughs> all right y'all let's 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 get it going let's go Rap Sucks Radio. Black, 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 black. What up, y'all? You are live on Rap Sucks Radio <laughs> with your homeboy track life and your fam. Cut support. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Wait, off air. We were like, when a person coughs in the store. <laughs> Should they yell COVID like we used to yell Kobe when we yeah. shot the shot a you know piece of trash in trash can like COVID? <laughs> that is so that would, I would definitely diffuse the entire situation. <laughs> People would be like, "What?" Um, <laughs> yo, thank y'all for tuning in, man. If you want to catch any of our past episodes, you can go to rapsucksradio.com. Everything is there. We are plus one hundred episodes in total plus 70 episodes of the main event. Uh, you can also go to any of your favorite podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We on there. I don't believe we're on Pandora. We talk about that every week, but I'm tired of talking about it. So outside of iHeart, we we on there. So uh, if we're mm-hmm. not on there, they, they mm-hmm. whack. That's, that's the answer to that. Uh, you can also catch us on TV. If you want to catch us on TV, you can go to BTS what? and Pass. That's Behind the Scenes Network. Here's what you do. You download the app or channel on your Roku, Fire Stick, or Fire TV. At that then point, what? you go ahead and <laughs> Kev. <laughs> At that point, we actually have our own little area, like our own section. You scroll down, you look for Rap Sex Radio. Every episode is right there in line. You can catch each and every episode that we have on BTSN. That's not all the episodes we've ever done. I think we're about 18 episodes in on BTSN, and we are not what? stopping there. So let's keep going. Then what? Then what? Then you just tune in <laughs> right now. <laughs> and don't hit yourself then in the face. Then punch yourself in the face because you're so lucky. <laughs> Yo, for real, uh, the homie should, when he's, when he, you know, is joking with you when you say something stupid, he says, Yo, punch yourself in the face. Sure, I did it, man. <laughs> I actually did it. You know what I'm saying? And I, would never, uh, I don't plan on doing it again. Uh, Big yo. Shug. <laughs> so yo, who's doing too much this week, Kev? <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> Pieces. The we have it. It's, Big Pieces. We I'm I'm gonna defend Yeezy a little bit during this conversation, but this is music business hmm. doing too much. The topic title hmm. I have on this is 4080, the Yeezy remix. Uh, the reason yep. for this conversation is. Kanye West has publicly posted what he purported to be his Universal Music Group recording contract, sharing them uh, page by page via Twitter. Uh, the source for this is the whole internet. Players involved, of course, Kanye and the record industry in general, which is what we're going to converse on. Um, so on Wednesday afternoon, 
Kanye West publicly posted what he purported to be the Universal Music Group contract, sharing them page by page via Twitter. The documents uploaded in no particular order span span almost 15 years and detail everything from the rapper's per album recording budget to his evolved royalty rates as his career went on. West contract dump is the latest volley in his ongoing battle to regain control of his master recordings. Um, I'll go ahead and read West quotes here, Kanye's quotes. He says, when you sign a music deal, you sign away your rights. He wrote on Twitter, without the masters, you can't do anything with your own music. Someone else controls where it's played and when it's played. Artists have nothing but to uh, accept, or nothing except the fame, touring, and merch. And in a lot of cases, they don't. I'd like to interject that. West is far from the first artist to protest questionable principles in the music industry. The music industry was founded on and largely maintains to this day. But attorneys who have reviewed the document don't believe this act of transparency transparency will help his cause. I also don't believe it will either, although I'm going to argue on his behalf with Kev. (laughs) All right, Kev. Um, (laughs) Your initial response to this via Facebook uh, you want to go ahead and quote your, your state your initial response to this? Oh, I don't remember what I wrote. What did I say? You said what? Um, artists can't be stupid, and record labels can't be what trash or something like that at the same. Oh, time. Yeah, oh yeah, right, right, yeah. The, the 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 those are not mutually exclusive exclusive things. And I'm not. I didn't say just stupid. I said artists can be naive and or stupid and or stupid. which are okay. two, you know, different things. So my question um, my that question. can happen, and labels can be manipulative, uh, diabolical entities at the same time. And in in my point is that that's really the the, the business model, right? For better or for worse, you know. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that's it's nothing new to Kanye, you know. Well, okay, but here's the thing. What we're what we discussed when we talked on the phone because Kevin and I had a lengthy conversation about this, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm always on the side of the are uh, normally on the side of the artist. Now let me throw in this real quick because I want I say this a lot of times when uh, people ask me my opinion. Some people will over the years people have called me about their contracts. People have called me about their situations and they've asked for my opinion. Um, not just your underground artists, but some people that have been in some pretty serious positions. And my thing is always this. When you see an artist fail, there are multiple reasons why they failed. When you see an artist get, right. you know, get broke by a record label, there are multiple reasons why that's happened. 90% of the time, it's arrogance. 90% of the time, in my opinion. 90% of the time, it's arrogance. You know what I'm saying? Um, or extreme comfort. How about that? I'll take arrogance out. I'll just say, you know, you get comfortable, right? A little bit complacent, um, but I, I think that it's it's for a reason, though. And if anything, my thing is, are artists kept really naive? Or are they in a position to where this is the game? And it, you either play this but game I'm not or talking you don't about, play it. I, I think an artist can be naive in uh, their approach to signing a record deal. Okay. Which is separate from them being somehow, you know, being complicit in their failure because of arrogance. And I'll add to what you said. I think an artist can do everything perfectly mm-hmm. and make the best music they could possibly make and sign the best deal they could possibly sign, and they may still fail. Oh, sure, sure. 
It, Absolutely. And, and, it's, and it can be nobody's fault. Well, I don't know but, about but nobody's But it can still happen fault. because this is a, it's, a <laughs> difficult, it's a difficult thing to do, you know? It's just like in any other, in any other art or, or profession um, where, you know, there's a very elite group of, of individuals, a small elite group of individuals who are considered the very best, who are recognized for being the very best. You can be that good and not get that recognition for any number of reasons. Sure. You know, like you may be as good as everybody else, but it may be. Uh, 1950, and you may happen to be a woman. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. okay. Yeah. Yes. If we're if we're including that that narrative, definitely. That's that's without any doubt. But but you're going. Well, no, I I'm I. There are a couple of things that I keep that keeps swirling through my mind. Like I I remember, um, man, I remember like it was yesterday, which is odd because I was 15 years old. I remember being 15. Um, me and live. And uh, the homie Taj were my my sister was our manager at the time, and we were we were about to get a record deal with um, Immortal Records, actually. Mm. And um, they had the sponsor was Bum Equipment, that was the clothing sponsor that we were gonna have. And my sister had gotten the opportunity through a friend of hers who was managing at the time. I mentioned this. Uh, his brother's name was Jay. And another artist named Rick Knight and another artist named Exhibit. They were all, uh, Jay and Exhibit were a crew. So mm. um, that's how kind of the Immortal Records thing kind of came about. And we were getting ready to sign this deal. And I'll never forget a couple of things. One, the number of sales needed was like, my mind was blown. I never sold a record before in my life. So to see that like 300,000 copies was the starting point of of you know, ideal starting point of recruitment was pretty crazy because I was like, wow, how do we even get to that number, right? Um, right. At the time, that was that was low at the time, right? Like a lot of artists, if you were signing a deal, gold or platinum was the goal during that time from what I remember. And I remember mm-hmm. like 250,000 copies sold was like a failure, you know? Now that's like, whoa, you killed it. But back then it was like, well, you only sell 250,000 copies, man, you trash. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, let me ask you something then, because yeah. I don't know if we've ever had this conversation. Did did the label tell you up front that was it a conversation where they said, listen, this is what's going to happen. We're going to spend money. You're going to have to recoup that money. And what recoup means is that you're going to have to sell enough records to cover the, the amount of money we're spending to promote your record. That amount of money is roughly equivalent to you selling 300,000 records. Did that is that what happened or did they put that in the the paperwork somehow or? There were, now, mind you, now we're talking about trying to remember 30 years ago. Well, the reason I'm asking is because, to me, that's the uh, most straightforward way to say that to an artist. And I don't, I I would hazard a guess that most labels don't even tell artists that. No, they don't. And and I think that was the interesting thing. I mean, growing older, right, and getting multiple contracts pushed in front of me for various reasons. That right. was the interesting thing about a few of them that I received that there was there were numerical points, you know, two hundred thousand copies, mm-hmm. or and later on like twenty thousand or whatever the argument or whatever the the hit number was, uh, where these kind of tiered groups of payment would happen. Whether they were back then, it was points, you know, what I'm saying, uh, two points right. up to a hundred thousand, you know, four points past a hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand. I'm throwing totally throwing numbers out there. Please do not quote me on these numbers, guys. I'm just throwing numbers out. 
and then, you know, eight points or more past the gold record, whatever, right? So, um, remembering it correctly, there were points that were attached to this kind of tiered system of sales. So that was that was that's, upfront. That's different, though. It is, but I'm saying, well, okay, that's different in what you're asking me, but it still falls the same in my mind looking at the numbers, though. It's still the Got same. It. Right, right, right. The way you analyze the situation. <laughs> Correct. Um, and right. then, you know, you don't, they never told me specific, I mean, within the contract, of course it was explained, but they never specifically said how that money was going to be spent, what the marketing budget was going to be like. I mean, there was, there were short and brief meetings. Uh, my sister did the best that she could as a manager, but that was by no means her profession at the time. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, I felt like, I feel like looking back, we were all about to get jerked. And that's mm. just the way that it was going to work. You know what I'm saying? Uh, later on, let's say in an exhibit fashion, you blow up. <clears throat> this is going to be really boring to some people, but you blow up and you owe Immortal money. So the next label that signs you has to somehow either include Immortal or pay off that contract or whatever. These type of things are the right. things that happen. So um, from the very first deal you take, you know, you're it's you start stacking up artists, artists debt in a sense, you know? Um, and I yep. don't remember the upfront amount of money. I think it was like $150,000 between the three of us or something like that. But what I do not remember is whether that was tiered into like the production of the record and marketing and all. I don't remember that. I, I don't remember whether we pocketed that as an advance or whether that was a recording budget. I, You know what I'm saying? Because a lot right. of artists don't understand that those are two different things themselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, sure. So, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I'm thinking back. I was 15 years old, and I'm trying to imagine myself being then in Kanye West's position when he signs this deal, his deal. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What I will say, and a lot of people will say this is a woe is me thing, is the industry <laughs> is very, the industry and the fan base hates rappers. Rappers are the most hated things in music, in my opinion. And what is misunderstood and misguided in that is rappers are giving post information. As an artist, you you might get jerked on a deal and your next record will talk about not being jerked on a deal. You're, you're, it's post information. You know what I'm saying? You're, you know mm. what you're not when you walk in that door. If you walk in the door today, somebody's going to tell you you're not Kanye West. If you're Kanye West and you walk in the door, somebody's going to tell you that you're not Drake. You know what I'm saying? If you're Drake and you walk in the door, somebody's gonna tell you you're not Celine Dion. Like it's, they're constantly reminding you why you why you have to accept this deal because of the level that you have not accomplished. This next deal is for people that are on the next level. It's generally the argument that I've received whenever a contract has been put in front of me. Like, okay, you bubbled up here, but you're not here, and you right. know, that's what happens. So I'm always like, well, you either accept this deal, um. And, and take a shot at whatever the next level is. <clears throat> or mm -hmm. you don't. And over a while, after a while, you kind of fade out. And that's the end. This is the this is the level you're going to accept as an uh, artist that is either independent or semi-independent. Or, you know, dependent, dependent based on your last contract. You know what I'm saying? So that was our kind of discussion when we spoke about this uh, last week. Like, yo, I feel like as an artist, you have to take one of these deals. Because you're saying... Even if you do everything right, 
it still could go wrong. And that's I think that's kind of my point. Like, well, but you don't have a choice, in my opinion. And you you were saying I agree that, with I agree with one hundred percent of you everything you said. Except for you don't have a choice. Okay. And so that's where we that's where we option, disagree, though? right? What is the option? UPS. <laughs> Kev, no. No, it, that's not the only option. The other option is um <laughs> and, and and those options are more plentiful today sure. than they were when when you were fifteen mm-hmm. or or when Kanye um first signed his actual artist agreement with Rockefeller. Yeah. His first artist agreement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause now artists, and I, I, I don't think it's saying something that is presumptuous or uh, glossy or, you know, too flowery is that artists today, I think have a, a bit more power in the grand scheme of things to do their marketing and to reach their audience on their own. It doesn't mean that, that you know it's easy um or any easier necessarily than it was any, at any other time in history but if if they get if they have a similar level of good fortune mm-hmm. which they don't have control over and they have some decent music um you know and and they they hit the right notes no pun intended they can they can actually do a good amount of business on their own sure you know which is if you you're talking about uh, chance the rapper you know what I mean? Or, you know, a, um, a trippy red or somebody like a SoundCloud rapper kind of dude, right? Who, mm-hmm. you know, has a, has a, you know, an audience that they build more or less on their own. Um, you know, and then they were able to walk into a, a, a meeting with a label and you're not talking about, you know, whatever $150,000 is in today's dollar. It's not $3 million that they're looking at now, you know? Right. It, they're, they're they're looking at some real money, you know, um, and and then you're having a conversation where it's like, well, if you're going to give me an advance, and I know what recoupment means, then give me an advance that tells me that you believe you're going to recoup that money, right? Don't give me an advance that tells me that you're hedging your bets right out of the gate, right? And that so so that's what it is now that's that's kind of where i'm coming from but to answer your question i totally understand feeling like you don't have a choice um but the choices are either maybe this is not the line of work that i want to go into which is obviously not a choice you're willing to consider as a young artist or i really do have to just press up you know cassettes or recordable cds do as many shows as i can hit the streets and we we know people who have done this successfully relatively you know and, but but they but we also know that to a you know just about to a person not everybody but almost all of those those people have accepted that there or or you know have have proceeded with the understanding that there could very well be a ceiling to their level of of um, sales and you know financial success or recognition or whatever that does not match their artistry or their work ethic, um, it's simply a function of them doing it themselves as opposed to having this multinational conglomerate uh, marketing and selling their record, right? Right. Um, but with that comes the trade off that hey, we're gonna 
And again, this is not defending the machine, but if you are going to use this machine, you have to pay to use it. If you're going to press a vinyl, it's not like recording cassettes over, you know, re- over old, you know, you can record cassettes off of, you, you can you can make that off of things you already have in the house. Right. You're recording off over, you know, the the, the Al Green cassette that, that you have in the corner of the room, <laughs> whatever the case may be, right? You know what I mean? You could do that. Yeah. You can get recordable CDs and make CDs and actually make it crack. But when you when you go to press vinyl, for the most part, you have to pay some money to do that, yeah. right? Absolutely. But that's the transaction. And, 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 and the transaction with the record company, the only difference is that that transaction is by design infinitely more complicated. They, you know, the, the mechanism and the way that the contracts are set up I I say is by design complicated. I'm sure there are lawyers and there are label people who will say that all oh, this is just to protect us and this is how it is and we need all this to make sure that 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 the label sees their fair sh- share of you know the success of our project, right? Right. But come on, they they put down an inch thick document in front of you, mm-hmm. so you don't read it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so you may feel, I understand feeling like you don't have a choice, but you have a choice. Well, you're, you're Kanye had a choice. And he's not he was not 15. He was also a person who had produced multi-platinum records. Right. While he was trying to become uh a, an artist on his own in his own right. Um again, I'm not saying that he needed he was you know also uh getting a a, a law degree at the same time. And should have known better. I'm, but he had more exposure to the business side of the business, especially, you know, the major label side of the business and that high-end um, aspect of the music business than most people do in that situation. Well, but l- the stages of his career are a little different, though, and it, they should be discussed. There, there's there been a lot of uh, a lot to say about his lawyer and Dame's lawyer being the same, you know, him using Dame's lawyer, right? But in this business, I'm using my own experiences personally, you know, as an example, you're going to trust somebody. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's my theory about right. leaving your sure. car door open. People people always get on people like, you know, when something happens to somebody, the way they were slipping is always brought up. And I'm like, but no, uh-uh, that's not how this works. That's not how the thing should work. If I leave my car door open and someone steals my radio people will say it's my fault for leaving my car door open. You know what I'm saying? I would mm-hmm. always argue, your ass shouldn't be in my car. Like, it doesn't, this is how to leave something doesn't mean that it should be taken. Thus the same with Kanye using the same lawyer as, you know, using Dame's lawyer in his contract. Look, the reality is, at some point you're going to trust somebody, right? And it seems to be like nine times out of 10, or at least, or at least half the time, it's to your peril. You know what I mean? We've had conversations about right. various situations like this, right? We've I don't know about using De La Soul in that that the argument of trust, but you know, the master's ownership that Kanye's talking about is is kind of the same conversation we had months ago, maybe a year ago, concerning De La Soul and their masters being, you know, put out online against their will or what have you. So Right. Um But again, I I, I think that seeing multiple people make this take this risk, which is basically what a a record deal is a record deal is a loan. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's a high interest rate right. loan. Have you seen, and, and listen, I'm sure the answer is yes, but have you seen people make it to the top, to the level that Kanye was trying to make it without the machine? Is my question. Without the what? Without the machine. Oh, um. Well, the fact that you have to think about it, it, I think, sort of proves your point. Is that it's it's generally speaking, making it to that level requires the machine, right? To to, to for the most part. So they're they're in you know in the same way you put in a job application with your with a top with it you know not a job application or whatever but you apply to be part of a top firm until you can make partner and mm-hmm. all these things are risk when you you know want to be an attorney or whatever then you get your own practice and blah 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 it's it's generally the same thing uh, with different you know sections or different time balance or different uh um you know you may you hit, make a hit record out the gate then you might move a little faster for you right so. What we're seeing now is Kanye feeling like he's outgrown this machine. In my, that's what I think we're seeing now. And I, we see a lot of artists go through this, right? Um, sure. Using Dayla as an example, like, I don't know, like Dayla doesn't need your machine now. Dayla's name is strong enough to hold a certain amount of sales off the rip, period. You know what I'm saying? They know what they could get into but for the most part. Let's, your machine's let's, unnecessary, you know? But let's acknowledge the fact that the while these are both uh, conversations around the music industry and rap music in particular, the De La situation is an is different in a number of ways from from what we're talking about with Kanye. Okay, because with them, it was to the best of my recollection a conversation around them having a very global understanding of the situation they were in with with um, at least their first couple albums, right, with the sample clearances, and them. Um, not wanting to, you know, uh, involuntarily be put in a situation where they could be exposed to additional legal harm because of um, what they had already gone through. They had already dealt with, you know, the the downside of That's not clearing samples, sampling. Yep. right? Um, for their entire career, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 now all of a sudden they were being put in a situation where, unbeknownst to them. It was about to happen again, right? But potentially, right? So, so that was a different situation. And again, I know my argument back then was, well, labels. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and that's not again not an argument in favor of labels, but um, that's what they do. You know, it's like, and and that's and that is one thing I will say in defense of what I think your position is, which is, if you if if you enter into a situation where somebody gains your trust, especially if you happen to be a relatively young human being, um, and they gain your trust by whatever means they they do that, um, you are brought up, if you are a good person, to believe that if you are nice to somebody and you trust them and you enter into a partnership with them, that they should do the same for you sure. as long as that partnership lasts. Right. Unfortunately... That is not the deal that you are signing. And if there's nothing else that anybody can take, I know there are, uh, you know, countless 15-year-old music prodigies that are listening to this podcast. That is not a trust that you should give anybody. (laughs) What you just said hit me. Who is not family, who is not actually coming up with you. 
you know? Yeah. Um, but how do you get to the other want, side of this? If, they are, if you don't know them and they're going to give you something, you need to be smart enough to understand that they want something in return. The problem is that they don't tell you what it is that they want in return. But you are going to find out. Either you are not going to find out and no one's ever going to hear your name again. Or you're going to find out because you're the biggest artist on the planet. And they are going to remind you every time you try to make a move in your professional life. Well, A is is what gets me the most. I'm going to say something very like, whoa, Trek, you think you're the best. I think a lot of my <laughs> career was because I was too smart. I think a lot of these deals, I was asking the type of questions that, you know, a lot of contracts in my lifetime, I've asked questions that people didn't like me asking. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, sure. Which, you know, look... <laughs> It didn't have to be, and this is what I learned over the years. It doesn't have to be you. It never had to be Kanye. If Kanye doesn't exist, the music industry still exists. Records still get played on the radio. Somebody's going to be hot. Yep. Um, yep. They're going to spend some money to make somebody fresh. They're going to buy or fund or finance or whatever you want to call it some radio stations, promotional vans or raps to get <laughs> your song played on the radio. Like these things are going to happen. Whether they happen for somebody as terrible as Shade Scheist or as prolific. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> all right. All right <laughs> fine. Fine. Um, yeah. Somebody as terrible as Shade Scheist um, or as prolific at times as, as Kanye. You know what I'm saying? But. I can use several analogies or, or, you know, metaphors or what have you, similes or whatever. But it's like getting to the other side of that dark, foggy, murky, terrifying, filled with monsters river. <laughs> you got to take that rickety, you know, pallet of sticks that's being guided by the dark figure, hooded figure with the sickle. Like... How do you get to the other side? The record industry is a dangerous ally, but they've mm -hmm. aligned it to where you cannot get to the other side without them. You know what I'm saying? There's some point where you got to meet them and talk to them. Spotify is the perfect example, in my opinion. Spotify, of course, couldn't make a direct or, I'm oh, sorry, not couldn't. Well, couldn't because labels had a lot of ownership of masters that Spotify needed. So making a deal with artists a la Bandcamp in a sense, right, wasn't going to happen mm -hmm. because the labels were the ones who had the ownership of these masters and right. publishing or whatever in some cases. So the deals with the labels. So the labels are taking the 70% of profit. People are mad at Spotify, but I don't know. You could throw stones at Spotify all you want. They're not really the ones that are taking all your money. The labels are the ones that are taking all the money. You know what I'm saying? And because of the deals that they have w directly with these labels, uh, it set the precedent for payment for everybody else. Now, maybe Spotify can go, if an artist is not signed to a label, maybe there should be a Spotify direct deal that says, hey, I don't have a label. Give me my 70%. Maybe you could do that. You know what I'm saying? Or you can sign yourself on as the record label. However, that works on the back end. I'm sure somebody's done it right. It's not me, but somebody's done it, right? So... Mm -hmm. But the reality is, again, there they are. They're right there in the middle. Again, I just don't see how an artist can pursue this without taking that ugly contract. And you're, 
it may not be as ugly as the next man's. It may not be perfect, but you're going to have to take it if you want to get, if you want to achieve the level of success that Kanye West has achieved. Him complaining about it now, people don't like Kanye and by, you know, by proxy, just generally don't like rappers in general. But mm-hmm. I still don't see, I don't see the choice. Like, I, I really don't see a single choice at all. Um, it's either, unless unless we're calling quitting a choice. <laughs> like, I guess, you know what I mean? But right. But nah, I, I don't even see how he could avoid that. You know what I'm saying? He could have gotten gotten a different lawyer, I'm sure. Then the deal gets even more complex. You know what I'm saying? Like you're right on the cusp of it. I just I just know it all too well. I just know the feeling all too well. And it didn't work out for me directly. But I'm saying I I know the feeling all too well. Like this deal's gonna fall apart because we're asking these questions. I, I know it's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? If I turn around and say, Yo, Dan, why is your lawyer my lawyer? We've dealt with each other personally, so now the idea, the argument of trust is going to come up. There's going to be a lot that Dame controls about my record that now may fall into different, you know, different. Dame might have a different feeling about the record now. Like, there's all this personal interaction that goes on in this business interaction. Like, it, I could go on and on and on and on and bore the listeners even well, more. But this yeah. is the thing, and this is not, and this is not a comment on Kanye or Dame or you or anybody else that you and I have ever dealt with in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, you know, most of the artists that, most artists, musicians who deal with record executives and ask the kind of questions that you asked or don't ask the kind of questions you asked to their peril um, are not asking uh, a Clive Davis or a Barry Gordy or a Quincy Jones or, you know, right. some sort of music industry impresario that we look at as, you know, and, and idolize or, or revere as, as a pioneer in the music industry. They're dealing with people who probably don't know the answer to those questions. Very true. Very right? True. Who are just in, in willing enough to, to fake it or lie, you know, or whatever, um, to make you sign. And that's not all of them. I'm, I'm just saying that, that by and large... The answers to these questions are very complicated. The explanation is of these contracts um, by term and by, you know, word for word, page by page um, is complicated. And and I will, again, my opinion is somewhat by design, right? Um, either somewhat. to maintain that control or to just confuse. Right. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, the reality of it, and this is not my opinion, this is a fact, is to protect the label. It is not to protect the artist. Right. So, so well, and, and to Kanye's credit, very few artists get to the level that he's at to be able to even have, you know, engage in these conversations. Um, you know, what came up later in the week, after you and I had our phone conversation, after Kanye did what he did earlier in the week, you and I talked, and then I think the next day... Um, Somebody made mention of of whatever negotiations Jay Z had when uh you know he did I don't know if it was when he went to run Def Jam or what the deal was but that he negotiated to get his masters back right. which turned out to right? not really be the case but yes but he was when he did that he was operating from a position of power which in in that. If I'm misspeaking, I I apologize because I could very well be misspeaking. But the, my read of the situation, because I remember back when this happened, was that, oh, I, Sean Carter, you now want to do something that I wasn't, I didn't sign a contract to do when I signed my recording agreement. I did that to be Jay-Z. 
Now you want me to run a business and to go into this, you know, enter this endeavor with you. What we're going to do, though, is in order for me to do that, I need this, this, and this. I need ownership of these works right. that I created with you. But since you want me to do this additional work, you're, this is what I need. And I don't know if that's how it happened. It's, but if that's know. what happened, that's a different conversation, right? Sure. Sure. You know? Um, so, you know, it would be a different thing if Kanye said, you know, I'm going to do this, this um, Island Def Jam Adidas c- collab. You're going to have a, a, a stake in the, you know, an equity stake in that, that endeavor. And in, but in exchange, I want my catalog, you know, and I'm whatever, I'm talking completely off the top of my head, but right. you know, we're going to go ahead and we are going to make a line of shoes that look like they're made entirely of Nike Cortez soles. And we're going to be super successful. And in return, I'm going to get college dropout and, and so on. Right. Right. That's that's not what we're talking about. Right. He's talking about the terms of an agreement that he signed for things that he that were in the body of that agreement. Period. Yes. Things that I feel like he wouldn't have been able to move forward without signing either, either way. You know, and you know what? I don't disagree with you on that. So it, that could very well be true. I mean, it, it's it's it, you know. And it's very likely that it would not have achieved the level of success that it did without that that partnership. Right. Which which is a, a kind of a, a dual conversation because what success looks like on the outside, the popularity, the fame. He mentioned fame and touring and merch, which, you know, with a 360 deal, you don't even get your touring and merch all the way. Right. Um, right. 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 But. You know, what is success in a sense in the music industry? You know what I'm saying? And and the more, you know, there, there are multiple tiers of vulnerability. There's vulnerability in your artistry. There's vulnerability uh, vulnerability in your business. Um, there's the vulnerability of fame, right? In order to be legendary, you have to accept all of those vulnerabilities. All of them. There is no avoiding one and, and, and keeping the other. I, well, you might be able to avoid musical vulnerability, if you, you know, um, are like Smash Mouth or something like that. But, you know, that's not a diss. I'm just saying. But, <laughs> or if you're just making cookie cutter music, is. right? Like this. I'm Okay, let me not say that because I don't want to diss Smash Mouth on our radio <laughs> show. But um, if you're an artist that's making wow. music that. Wow. <laughs> I'm not, you are going to take. You're firing at Shade Scheist and you're giving Smash Mouth a pass? Wait a minute. Hold on. COVID. COVID. The <laughs> COVID. Okay. I okay. I'm not going to do this. It's not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going to go into this. What I'm trying to say is, you might be able to avoid musical vulner, musical vulnerability if you're making cookie cutter music that doesn't matter, right? But the fame, mm-hmm. the vulnerability of fame, the vulnerability of of business by contract, you're not going to be able to avoid that if you want to make it. Uh, to a certain success level in the record industry, right? Kanye is now a shining example of that. He is not Kanye West without signing that deal. Now, I'm interested to see who disagrees with me on this, uh, especially I'm interested in Omega's rundown and, um, of course, Fizz's opinion on this. And anybody, Jeff, the Boston fan, I'm I'm interested in, in, in most of the spit kickers' opinions 
because a lot of the talk about the Kanye contract contract was not in Spit Kicker particularly. So shout out to Spit Kicker, but overall on Twitter that I was it was goofy. It was corny talk. Like y'all get out of here. People who've never been through this, um, I know that everything is a contract from your mortgage agreement to your rental agreement. I know that people understand contractual agreements. I get it. I don't want to take that away from you. You guys are all very intelligent. But concerning this record stuff, you're dumb because you've never really been in the positions that artists are in. And this is not a woe is me. This is just a fact. You know what I mean? If Trek Life, Trek Life asks questions um, to his peril, somebody else didn't ask questions to their peril. Would I have been even as popular as Little Brother had I decided to not ask questions? Who knows? Maybe I'll fall off and, and end up in similar positions um, sales-wise. Maybe not artistically, but sales-wise, right? But one, whether you do or you don't, you are accepting a more... You're accepting the risk of not being here tomorrow by not... You know what I'm saying? By saying no to that contract or asking more questions than you, than people are comfortable with, you end up in positions to where you have no choice but to work for UPS because that is your only option or your main option left. It's like your homeboy said. Right, Sometimes that short contract, I, that small contract is stopping an eviction notice. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Exactly. Right. So, but, so I'm going to, I want to address what you said, but I want to preface it with both the little both sides ism okay here because <laughs> the first thing i said to you when this came up was how is everybody on twitter all of a sudden either a uh, seasoned vet music exec right or alternately a musician or an artist of any kind in a situation to sign this type of contract all of a sudden everybody knows what they're talking about right and no no you don't no I think no at least halfway to your point, right? Mm -hmm. Two, yes, an agreement is an agreement. The law is the law, uh, whether we like it or not. A contract is a contract. Whether it's fair or unfair, somebody benefits from that contract. At the very best, a, a legal agreement protects both sides against the worst thing that could happen in that agreement sure. uh, equally, sure. right? Um, right. And in that agreement, nobody walks away with every single thing that they wanted, right? Right. That is, but that's like talking about the principles of economics as opposed to the realities of economics, right? Right. Th that's what it's supposed to be. Um, but very few people in the world have ever negotiated a contract that is, has at its heart as a product, uh, their creativity, their heart, their soul. Right. And so I say that to say that I get what you're saying. Okay. Sure. I have an answer for it that is kind of a jerky answer. Okay. But I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. But what I will also say to you is that you asked those questions not because, and it came from a part of you that, is not the artist part necessarily, right? Which is just the, like, I have some common sense, so let me ask these questions. Because I don't want to end up having to kill this dude. <laughs> right. Or just in a position. Right? Where, yeah. Or I don't want to end up having to punch this dude in the mouth four weeks from now. Right. Right? Sure. Um, and you made a decision based on that. Right? Yeah. Or the decision was made for me. 
in a couple. Oh, of okay. Yeah. All right. So you're saying you're 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 thinking is that you asked these questions, so they said this 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 guy's a little bit too smart. Well, or or deals are hot and cold, man. Everybody's hype on on Monday to sign you. Um, right. They go out. They go out drinking and hear another band or artist uh, on on you know Monday night, and by Wednesday, you know it ain't that big of a deal. You know, right. I'm, I you know I'm shortening it, but you know what I'm saying. But on the other side of the coin, it's like, it's funny because also this week, and I can't, I can't actually remember what day this was, but it was literally this week. And I can't remember if it was 24 hours before or 24 hours after this all came up and you and I spoke. I watched the, um, you know, Hyro Day was last weekend, yeah. the virtual Hyro Day. Yeah. And they, I, 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 assuming that they just finished this, uh, you know, Till Infinity mm-hmm. sort of retrospective about, about the, the first album, Souls of Mischief album. Sure. And um, it's, Something that if you are interested in this conversation and you have not seen that, you should go on YouTube and watch it because they talk about their deal with, you know, their their negotiations for a contract, their sort of lead up to that, the deal with Jive, how that played out. Um, the fact that they actually in the deal retained the ownership of their masters, don't. which I never I I don't I think I might have should have known how and remember that tribe didn't even do but that but thing. i i didn't i certainly didn't remember it i should have i, I think i might have been told that but i certainly didn't remember it and so i was you know definitely reminded of that to the extent i was like oh wow that's okay um and then when that deal soured for whatever reason um they were able to walk away and then continue to do what they've been doing and also benefit from that project that that uh, in large part you know, catapulted them to the level that they're at now. Very smart. Um, Domino's very you know, smart man. They're so it's them, right? Um, that story is a story that is a counter narrative. Again, you know, it's not that that Hyro has gotten to the place that maybe they would have if everything had fallen into place with the biggest record label in the world. Okay, but can can we make an argument that they're not successful? Absolutely not. No, it's not. Possible. Um, but you can look at you know there are there are different models to this right whether we're talking about um i mean living legends living they legends. have always done it on their own you know for whatever reason right sure and and um you know they're the only guys i know who can go out and sell twenty thousand records and many people who listen to rap have never even heard of them odyssey would be another one odyssey yes absolutely but and if you can do that Delta you can make a good though, living right? My bad on, on cutting you off, but Dell took the contract L first for them to learn from that situation, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how that... Because to yeah. my understanding, you know, what happened between... I mean, I'm not saying that he was jerked for any reason, but, um, you know, it wasn't the greatest situation. You know, a typical situation of the time. How they retained their masters, hmm. though, I'm, I got to watch that because I got to see how in the hell they did that during that time because I don't think Tribe was even able to do that. So that's an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, so, I mean, when we, since we're talking about Kanye, let's talk about Taylor Swift, since we don't have as much of a any kind of uh, emotional connection with her, is that she's going through a lot of the same stuff right now. She's just not, you know, peeing on her Grammys and stuff sure. on on video, right? Yeah. Um, it's it it's a thing that unfortunately happens, and the only reason we hear about it from a Kanye West or a Taylor is not because they've been through something different, but it's because they have achieved a level of success that that makes us listen. 
right? Sure. And also, I'm approaching this whole conversation today, Saturday, the uh, 19th of, of September, differently than I would have even earlier this week, because rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, oh, man. who just passed away yesterday, yeah. I now look at Kanye even more differently. I'm not even, you know what, I'm not even mad at people who support Trump anymore. I'm not mad, uh, you know, uh, I, I, because they they voted. Right. I'm mad at Kanye beyond anything having to do with this conversation because he's getting in the middle of all these different issues that are actually affecting my life. Right. I don't care what happens with his contract. All right. I mean, at the end you know of the day, saying? it's also showing that he's not qualified, if, if anything, if we're going to go that route. Now you know he's not qualified to listen to concerning matters of the country as well, right? The only thing I can say for Kanye right now is that he made auto-tune crack when it had no business cracking, and he does not have weak stream. <laughs> Those are the only two things I can say about Kanye. All right, well. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him on both counts. <laughs> well, I'm going to let it roll on that one because uh, I definitely don't and his lawyer is And his lawyer is an undisputed angel. <laughs> I'm gonna let it roll on that one. Yo, thank you, thank y'all for listening to <laughs> Rap Sucks Radio, man. Again, if you want to catch our past episodes, you can catch us on rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Again, I don't believe that we're on Pandora, but you know, I don't know. Maybe we're there. Who knows? I don't think so though. Um, or you can catch us on BTS Impact. Shout out to Kanye for this one. I'm gonna get on this TV, mama. Um, <laughs> you can download the Apple channel on your Roku, Fire Stick, or Fire TV. Um, once you click on the app, we have our own section, the Rap Sucks Radio section. My daughter is making it happen in the kitchen, by the way. So if this is picking up on the microphone, shout out to my daughter for really not paying any attention to what she's doing. She on the leaf blower? She's she's like making ice and she's got her headphones on so oh, she word. doesn't even know what's happening. It's Yeah, she, it's, it's not a thing. <laughs> this microphone is not a thing to her. So anyway... Um, so anyway, thank y'all for listening. My name is Trek Life. I'm your fam, Trek Life. Or I'm your homeboy, Trek Life. And that is your fam, Kev Sakota. COVID! <laughs> thank y'all for listening very much. And on the count of three, we say peace. One, two, three. Peace. Peace. We out, y'all.